Hello friends, family, regular and new listeners. Welcome, welcome. You're listening to This Is Fine, a podcast that centers ideas, issues and information related to different areas of mental health, from traumas to self-improvement. And I, your currently hmm, oversensitive host, Ivor, unpack insights, lessons and life experiences that may provide some direction as you navigate this thing we all call life. Okay, so these days, especially um, yesterday, but I feel like giving up. I'm pretty sure that you guys, everyone out there, have caught on that I'm rather like intense. As existential and nihilistic as I can be, when I say I feel like giving up, I don't mean like give me two old fashions, some let me smoke some grass and let me jump off a cliff as the sun meets the ocean, you know, and uh, give way to the stars. You know, not that kind of like I'm giving up. More like the motivation just isn't there today. So it got me thinking, like, if you're a human being listening to this, I'm pretty sure that you've felt this too. You're probably feeling it right now. It's been a real struggle of late, not just for me, but for all of us. Now, I'm not talking, you know, I'm tired of COVID-19 that has also unearthed the continued rise of palm-colored supremacy that us people of color have known about since time. Besides that nasty piece of business, I'm talking about sometimes it's just a struggle for various different reasons that all culminate in this feeling of, uh, I'm on the struggle bus, stuck before the summit, you know, on a hill. So in my effort to carve out a corner of the internet via the podcast world, I'm asking you, how do you cope? What do you do when you just don't feel like doing anything, when you feel like giving up? So I want to share my experience and ideas, and let's see where that takes us. Let's see where we end up. Maybe you can connect. Maybe I come to some kind of revelation, or maybe it sheds light for someone who needs it and and it helps them move in the direction that's right for them. First, I'll talk a little bit about how this question came to be, or I'll try to explore that feeling. My hope is that I keep to brevity, but we all know that I'm rather verbose. So, how do you cope? What do you do when you just don't feel like doing anything? When you feel like giving up? You understand. You understand a little bit about the thinking mechanism, the the brain. See, understanding your brain is beneficial to understanding yourself and others. You know, as always, full disclaimer, I am not a neuroscientist. I am not a psychologist nor a psychiatrist. I'm just a guy deeply, maybe a little bit weirdly interested in the brain, psychology, human behavior and how that and how we affect each other so we're most likely going to trade into the familiar waters of consistency and habit building and self-reflection and as i've said before 
the brain, the human body, the human condition loves repetition because it's part of learning and practice. And when you hear something, maybe with just like different outfits on, you start to see the details and, and the examples that may be applicable to your own life. And that is the space for understanding to come in. And, it, and I think that it's also a good way for us to prime the topic of like giving up. <laughs> so um, I don't know about you, but it's bloody hard being consistent you know, I feel like that's a little bit of a contradiction saying like the brain likes patterns and, ha and habits, but it's hard being consistent. So for example, you know, notwithstanding like the couple of weeks where I dealt with some physical and mental situations in which I decided not to record, but to recover. Um, but since the start of the podcast, it's been roughly 331 days, I think, since I did the first episode. So like speaking into this mic, having my voice encoded into zeros and ones and, and decoded into your speakers, your boombox, your AirPods, your living room, your kitchen, your various states of dress and undress, that process has been glorious in a way that is both cathartic and also frustrating. From the episodes where, you know, it was fun to the ones that were hard to the to the recorded but scrapped episodes that no one gets to listen to, to the emotionally vulnerable, the, the, the cringe bad ones, the, the overly salacious ones where I'm verbose. All of those are a reminder of failure and effort. Now, I choose the word effort in a kind of opposition to failure because I think that's, for me, it feels like a healthier way to describe it. So success comes with it effort and if you understand that I think that just making effort is half the success you know success for me implies a stopping point like you've reached this goal and now what effort however has more of a flowing continuous um, changing nature to it that I don't know these days I I guess identify with more but in all in all like the disappointing episodes are as necessary as the emotionally tough ones, as the ones that I really loved or the ones that unexpectedly some people connected with a lot. So I'll ask the question again to help us, you know, navigate, you help to keep the compass, the, the, the topics focused is how do you cope? What do you do when you just don't feel like doing anything? Sitting here, I do feel like giving up. The routine, the, the habit I've crafted isn't inspiring me just in this moment. I guess I just, I realized that I've been so focused that I've kind of been a source of like self-inspiration. Okay, admittedly, like saying that, as you have heard, it's kind of uncomfortable to say, but I think, but I think that way. Like it's a weird thing that happens when you're constantly self-reflective, self-like, like meta cognition. And you understand the importance of holding yourself accountable for your shortcomings, but also taking the time to celebrate your strengths. So when I asked the question, what do you do when you just don't feel like doing anything? I realized something about myself that doesn't sit quite right. What I've realized is that I draw inspiration in a vain manner. I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but hear me out. I'm not talking like 
give me one shot, just one shot of adrenaline. I'm talking more like, I bet you think the song is about you, that kind of vein. The thing is, for some reason, I gain some sort of validation from others when I tell, and that's code for me bragging, when I tell them of all the self-crafted commitments and, and project that, projects that I am undertaking. And there is a lot of ego in that when I, you know, self-reflect. Because I very openly then judge and sometimes condescendingly declare that while you're scrolling Instagram or going to cafes, I keep my head in the books to study the history and also the current reality of race relations and oppression, brain science, psychology, and a myriad of other things. Why do I do this? Why do I tell people this? <laughs> I don't fucking know, but I definitely, it comes down to some sort of insecurity, something that I honestly love to explore. But I've just noticed that about myself. And so I guess, let me stop bragging about my shortcomings or my ability to see my own shortcomings and get back to the point. Sometimes we can take on so many personal commitments that we burn ourselves out. And I'm sure you felt or are feeling overwhelmed by a, like a spectrum of commitments that affect the well-being of yourself, but also the well-being of others that you are responsible for. Or maybe you see it in, I don't know, mothers trying to make it home before the sun, and their entire life commitment is to their children. The things we take on, the, the battles we choose to fight, the, the mountains we choose to climb, the problems in our society that we choose to try and solve or shed light on, they compete for our attention. It takes your life force. Yet, I don't know for you, but for me, they all seem to carry an equal amount of emotional importance, of, of, of emotional weight. These are the endeavors that help you fabricate your reality. And isn't that like a big part of what makes us feel another side of happiness when you live out the life that you're fabricating that you've envisioned or at least trying to live out your purpose even at the mercy of your bad habits that does bring a sort of happiness for you but it can also be exhausting and dispiriting you know never mind the range of physical and mental emotional struggles we all face that are all separate and yet also interconnected. So this is kind of like what comes out when I think, ugh, the struggle bus is on the hill, the parking brake is like blown out and I can't be bothered to work with the clutch control. I just wanna let it roll back and come what may. Then I'm also aware and I think this is due to my spiritual practice. Again, spiritual practice has nothing to do with a religious practice. But due to a spiritual practice that I engage in very regularly, at least six times a week, um, I'm also reminded that the rainbow to the clouds of my life is knowledge. The memory that is stored in your body of what accomplishment feels like. That is kind of, these days, my rainbow in the clouds. So again, I'll ask, what do you do when you just don't feel like doing anything? So I recently listened to a podcast and I learned 
to express something, I guess, in a more helpful manner. This something is called thinking. Now, thought and thinking has been regulated to the brain only. So, consider for a moment when I say, like, your body remembers what accomplishment feels like. Do you feel accomplishment, joy, happiness, love, lust, sadness? Do you feel it in your brain or do you feel it in your body? This is in like the vein of body language. It's all meta and, and I'm also like prefacing this by saying that, yes, I do understand that all these things are chemicals, you know, chemical reactions in the body and the brain. But hear me out and let's see, you know, what we can draw from, I don't know, the thought process. And I can only draw from my experience to help clarify this for all of us. And I hope I, you know, I do. So I'll use an example from my own life, though unique in that it's coming from my viewpoint. The experience is shared by many. Growing up, I've always known that I was different. Gay, bisexual, whatever. Just anything more colorful than the worn out brown box of heterosexuality in a society that has words and and language and feelings that aim to differentiate, demean, and separate your humanity from theirs. And here's the thing. The brain, the body, remembers and it adapts. Because adaptation is part of survival, right? So you learn to notice when eyes are on you to see what you are. I don't know, for example, if someone is watching whether you have a limp wrist and if a limp wrist is for some fucking reason any indication of sexuality. Or you learn to hear the whispers from across the room. You learn to adjust your word use, code switching, for not just the fragility of the straights but also the palm-colored folk. And you learn to adjust for your own safety and ultimately for your survival. Your body learns a kind of vigilance that extends beyond you noticing it in your mind. Like I've mentioned, this isn't new. This isn't special to me. Many people experience this in a myriad of different ways. And marginalized people especially experience this on a spectrum that I guess palm-colored cisgender people aren't made privy to, aren't really aware of. Is this their fault that they're not aware of it? Actually, yes, because they do receive little to no harm and get then all the benefit of not having to be hypervigilant about your humanness. So this hypervigilance, I connect and, and echo to the sentiment that thought happens with your entire body, constantly being on the lookout for judgment and whispers makes you hypervigilant. So like, for example, even when I enter a room with the confidence of all those who have loved me from the past, who have died for me, I can still tell when my hypervigilance and sensitivity to human interaction, to language, to thought is unwelcome. It's not explicit as, oh, here he goes again, talking about the palm color people, eye roll, you know, not that. Rather, it's embedded. It's kind of in, like coded in, in, in tiny moments in the blink of an eye or the turn of a head away from you when you enter a room, in the silence that comes from choosing words. 
in the conscious or unconscious switch to coded language that excludes you or the abrupt pause or summary of a conversation. Your brain uses your entire body to encode all this, to decode all this information and you are presented with a data set, a feeling. Yes, full of errors. So like due to my hyper self-awareness, I'm able to admit that my interpretation of an experience of a moment could well be utter bullshit. It could be plain and simple that I'm wrong. And yet, due to a lifetime of watching my back, paying attention to my surroundings, thinking with my body, I know that when you see smoke, there's a fire or there's been a fire. So as my body has stored the memories of experiences, uh, traumas, of all the things painful, long after the physical or emotional damage was inflicted, whether on purpose or unintentionally, the the impact was still there. And in the same way that trauma is stored in your body, I do think that your body also remembers what success, what accomplishment, what, what happiness feels like. It also sits in your body the same way that trauma does. So what do you do when you just don't feel like doing anything? You understand a little bit more about the brain and you remember. I guess that's what we can do when you feel like today's not my day. Call on that memory, that sense of accomplishment, of achievement, no matter how small, that sense of achievement, that feeling is telling your brain and your body that you respect the life you're trying to create for yourself. Though life is difficult for some more than others, we have to remember. So for those of you with no support system, for those of you who find it hard to reach out to a friend or for those of you who find it hard to cry because it feels like one tear could completely break you down, I want to reach out to you and say that in the times when you feel like you've got no motivation, turn inwards. Try to remember what it feels like when you accomplish a goal, any goal, no matter how tiny, and know that you're strengthening your body. You're strengthening that memory and you're moving it towards a destination, each milestone at a time. You know, and for some of us, it's a milestone to simply get out of bed. Or for others, it's a milestone to simply enter a gym. And for others, it may be a milestone to say no to that extra cookie or for others, it could be to choose kindness or choose yourself over others when it's necessary. So remember what accomplishment feels like. And I think we might just forget about that feeling of giving up. I didn't, I didn't know it at the time. I think I just like, I got it like a couple of sentences ago. But I just realized that this episode was inspired by a dear friend of mine, um, Suwana Kumawayo. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you have found this episode insightful in any way or informative, please show your love to little old me by rating the episode on Apple Podcast or Spotify or Google Podcast or share it with a friend whom you think could learn something. 
As always, everyone, please take care of yourself. Take care of your mental health before you take care of others. Drink your water and try to make someone smile today. Until next time, bye-bye.